to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. I'm Dan, and of course, there he is, the man, the myth, the legend, Charlie Chase. It's me. What's happening, man? Well, yeah, I just I just said that was you. I know, but I had to let everyone know that it was me and not yeah, it's definitely other you. me. An other you? Other me. There's another you. I got like too many ones running around. Does that count? Well, no. Oh. We, we, that's a that's another conversation for another day. That's a conversation for another day. Damn cloning that process is. takes forever. <laughs> exactly. A few months at least. I got my own little boba. I didn't want to do the full, you know, fast cloning process, you know. So I had my own boba. <laughs> you didn't want a Rex. I didn't want a Rex. Yeah. I wanted a boba. You know, that's how this rucks. Welcome uh, to the Star know, Wars yeah. episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies. Don't tempt me. <laughs> so... <laughs> So on today's episode, as everyone can see, we are going to be talking about Beverly Hills Cop, the original, the 1984 granddaddy OG Beverly Hills Cop. And about time. I think it was time for us to do this one. We let everybody vote and they pick Lethal Weapon, which was fine. Beverly Hills Cop was a close second and Bad Boys was also almost the exact same votes, but this one, this one set a lot of precedents for the action movie genre as we know it. Yeah, this movie, I mean, there's a lot of templates that come off of this. Uh, of course, this being a Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer film, a lot of the future 90s and early 2000 blockbuster action films, summer action movies came from Simpson, Bruckheimer, or at least the template that they produced with this. Oh yeah. Well, this one also proved that this type of movie can make money. And I know we'll oh, talk, yeah. we'll talk well, about that here in a little bit, but this is, <laughs> this one made lots and lots of money. Yeah. This one was just fine on the old money front. So, uh, Bruckheimer and like, but this wasn't a summer movie though. This actually came out December 9th. So not even, not even a Christmas drop. No. It was early for that even. Yeah, so not a summer blockbuster, not a Christmas movie that comes out when no one has anything to do and they go to the theaters. This uh this was promoted well. And you were coming off of a hot item with Eddie Murphy. Eddie yeah, Murphy Eddie was, was everywhere. The, yeah, it was the the height of Eddie Murphy's career. Oh, absolutely. You know, in this time frame, you had this, you had trading places. Um, For, uh, 48 uh, hours had come out before this. Hours. He was on, sorry, he was a huge, huge hit on Saint live. He is uh, uh HBO special was actually before this too, because they make reference. Uh, delirious. Yeah. The one where he wears mm-hmm. the leather suit, which they make reference in this movie too. Yeah. So yeah, that was, uh, the first one was, uh, delirious. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Delirious. Yeah. The, uh, the one where he was in the purple leather, he was in the red leather suit and delirious, the purple leather suit and raw. Yes. That's, that's, yep. that is. the I'm infamous leather. Go, uh, why don't you go ahead and do that? The infamous you, you talk for a second. I'm going to drink a drink of water. No, you're all right. Go ahead and do that. No, this was, it was Eddie Murphy fever. The man could do no wrong. Um, studios were paying attention because when he did 48 hours, Every, uh, the studios kind of questioned it. They're like, we, we don't, we don't really have a lot of faith in that. And the producers pushed for it and he blew everyone away. Nick Nolte, they blew, they blew him away. Yeah. All of them. I mean, 
this to me was this to me was proof of concept that you didn't need the giant muscle bound Schwarzeneggers or um, Stallones to make an action movie. And I mean, and this of course is an action comedy, but still, you know, definitely an action movie. So it went to prove it was proof of concept that you could use someone that wasn't the giant, you know, muscle bound hero. And this to me is the first every man, common man, um, action film, you know, from this, of course, we got diehards and we had, uh, last boy scouts and, and, uh, you know, yeah. lethal weapons and a ton of other things because it was the, this, and these are the kind of action movies I really love because again, sense of realism, you know, well, yeah, you can relate to it to Axel Foley. He's a smart ass basically with a pistol and you can, you can relate to that, it, you know, it worked well, but I mean, don't, don't forget though, this movie came out the same year as Terminator. So we're yes. not even in Arnold fever or, you know, anything like that yet. I mean, we had Conan, we had some sure. of his other stuff, but this one to do so well ahead of some of what we consider the greats, you know, as far as Arnold and Terminator, the Stallone in the continuation of the Rambo character. Right. Um, right. You know, this one, this one laid some foundation even for those guys, you know, yeah, they, and it was a hell of a franchise. I mean, we won't really talk about the one at Knott's Berry farm or whatever it was there, but no, we don't talk about three, but, um, <laughs> but the, I, I, did, did I hear right? They're making a fourth one. There has been talk for like two years, obviously COVID through everything up in the air. Yeah. So, sure. um, it's hard to tell what we're going to get, but um, I'll go ahead and even say that even in my opinion, Beverly Hills cop two and one are almost even in my book. I, I like a lot of part two, to be honest. I really do. Yeah. Um, we, part, and part two also had that summer blockbuster feel that we talked about that, that, you know, that had that it did. And it big hype, big summer, big name, big rock and roll, you know, kind of, vibe to it and it didn't hide what it was as far as by the time two came out there were a lot more action movie Mm -hmm. you know heavy obviously we've already talked about cobra and everyone understands the 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 link cobra has to this movie uh this had stallone originally attached to it he left we can talk about that in a minute but part two just took with that and ran even with the whole rosewood thing with having a cobra poster behind his door all that stuff so it it's almost like part two was more action film like action blockbuster type film than what beverly hills cop is but the beverly hills cop is just a really good cop action comedy mixture it's not even crazy heavy on what i would call even comedy it's just funny in places it's supposed to be funny and action where it needs to be action yeah, no, this is, you're right. The second one is most definitely a lot more of the rubber stamp, stereotypical, boom, action movie. And they you did know, it on purpose. Uh, late 80s, early 90s action movie. Yeah. Like that was, it was very obvious. Those movies, the, the ones we talk about here, that was a huge blockbuster box office genre back then. Yes. You know, like that, that's, that's where a lot of the, uh, the big money 
was that now that i mean back then you know that and um comedies but you had to have a big comedy name attached to it they still i mean they made comedies high and low but like the high dollar comedy ones those were big uh but action movie really was the action and I would say horror just because it's cheaper to make horror movies. Generally they speaking. profited more. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they're, they were cheaper to make quicker to make back then. So they, you know, they kept more of every dollar from the box office than what they, you know, what they used to produce it with. So, and this was, but yeah, you know, it made sense. This was still the time of no PG 13. So you had PG movies right. that were like family or adventure, like the Indiana Jones type movies. Yeah, yeah, for you out there that are younger, there wasn't PG 13 forever. <laughs> no, um, not until. Uh, oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't even know what year they brought it out. I want to say there's, I do remember it. there is, there's, I don't know if it's ever been confirmed what movie caused it, but there were several and it goes down as far as like Gremlins, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was considered writing that line of it can't really be PG, but it's not really R. You know, there was yeah. a lot of, um, or not right, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom. I'm sorry. Temple of Doom. Temple of Temple Doom had a lot more shock value, you know, the monkey brains and, uh, you know, ripping the heart out. out. So yeah. it's like, that's not PG. No, you're right. So there were several movies that birthed the genre of PG-13. So it wasn't uncommon for an R-rated movie to make money because some guys didn't want to go watch the kid-rated PG movie. They wanted the action yeah, if you movie. you had a choice between Savannah Smiles and Beverly Hills Cop, you yeah. know, but you're right. I mean, that's, you know, were we going to go see Disney or are we going to go see, you know, RoboCop? Yeah, you know, exactly. It, it, and so... I'm glad they came out because I'd see you got G. Yeah, G. You've got well, you've got NA, I think, still out there, but that doesn't really ever count. No, nah, they never really but you've got that. you got G, you got PG, PG thirteen, R, and still X. NC seventeen is like now NC-17. what they call it. Yeah. And there was but, a time where that was a death sentence to some of these movies, you know, to get oh, hit sure. with the X rating or the NC seventeen. Um yeah even still kind of now, even though more we were talking about this on another show that uh, now it's like people want that director's cut. No, we want to see everything, you know, that apparently they said we shouldn't see, you know, like the extended cut of uh, RoboCop, you know, and uh, things that are more violent or more bloody. It's like, no, we want to see that. We'll pay to see it. Oh no, it's, it's it's rated X. Well, yeah. I mean, commercially speaking, you're not going to make as much money on those films as you do PG and G just because the, the amount of people that can go see. Yeah. You're going to sell more tickets. Go see. Yeah. Yeah. G rated cartoons historically have always made, has always been more of the sure bet thing, even crappier, like, you know, penguin and the pebble or something. Well, it's it's, not a Disney film. It's It's simple math to make you money. It's I'm a family of five. A PG or G or even now PG 13, I'm taking all five of my family to go watch mm-hmm. R rated or heavier PG 13. It's me and my wife. So two yeah. movie tickets versus five. I mean, it's simple math. It doesn't make the movie less. It just right. means there's more money in that. If you're going to take your whole family to see it. Um, that, see that, that makes me wonder 
because I don't know the ratings off the top of my head, but a lot of the MCU, the Marvel stuff, is that all PG-13? Almost or is it PG? all of it is PG-13. Well, that's what I thought. Because now... P- Deadpool, but that's not, that's not MCU. Now PG yeah. is considered less marketable. PG-13 yeah. is more marketable yeah. now than R or PG. Because yeah. there's you're going to lose out on the teenagers that are going to be like, it's only PG. That means, eh, I don't care. I'll watch it when my kid brother has to watch it, you know, at the house. I don't even look at ratings. Not normally. And I haven't for quite a long time. I The one thing that kills me is PG-13 horror movies. I can handle a PG-13 action style movie. I mean, we've been getting them hand over fist lately. Mm-hmm. I hate PG-13 are, you know, horror movies. Yeah, they, uh, fine. I get that they're going more for the suspense or make you, you know, right more of a tension the, the, yeah or or the death or fear or the death yeah, happens yeah. off screen or something but i'm like man i want my slashers back that's another show idea give me back my slasher movies yeah see i mean i've i've never been a fan of horror movies i've seen some of the you know the big classics you've seen like the Halloween big the big ones and, yeah. and jason and freddie and stuff i've seen those um because again like back when i was a kid you know those were popular that's what so, everybody talked about and, you know back when i was a kid too you know, they didn't care no you know i got to go to whatever theater i wanted you know for first of all my parents really didn't care what i went and saw but secondary the theaters really didn't care what you went and saw not really you no. know as long as you weren't 10 trying to go see jason Voorhees, it was fine but if you were 13 15 17 of course they're gonna let you yeah. in you know so a lot of these movies you know i saw in the theater you know like this one beverly hills cup i saw it in the theater i was four you know? so i don't think that was gonna happen i <laughs> no, my I mom eight. did have quite a bit but you know what my my movie theater wasn't like a block or two away my movie theater was 20 to 30 miles away so it yeah. was an event to go to the movies it was a treat um they still got to pipe sunshine into where you're yeah from. basically yeah that's that's how that works here in rural america but um so yeah it's like i didn't get the opportunity to just go and watch some of these even when i started driving it was you still kind of had to plan to go to the movie or we got one of the more local little malls had a I want to say I had like two or three screens. So mm-hmm. you were lucky to get a movie you actually wanted to watch that didn't stay there for six months, you know, yeah. go watch a movie on opening night. Now you're like, okay, in a, in a month, there'll be another one back yeah, then. Of course. No, six, eight uh, months three, later, you're still months, yeah. watching the same damn movie. Well, I remember as a kid getting dropped off at the theater a lot as a kid. I would have loved that. You know, it's like my, either my mom and, and, you know, would take me and some friends or I'd go over to my grandmother. I'd go over to my grandmother's and she would just drop me off the theater by myself. <laughs> I'd have 20 bucks. I would eat and see two or three movies. That was, that was my Saturday. Like I literally would go see, I mean, I, I, I saw uh, Transformers, the movie that way. I saw, um, um the second back to the future that way i it, i saw a bunch of movies that way yeah. though but like you would go over and see movies and like no one cared it's i would go i would get done with one movie another one would start in 45 minutes i'd go get some deed i'd play some video games i'd go see another movie 
I, I would be there for four, five, six hours, you know, yeah. and then my grandma would pick me up. I'd go back home. It, it was, you know, it, it just so different. Oh. However, with, with people now releasing things direct to streaming services, you can see movies, you know, quick again. Yeah. Because, you know, the movie theater industry is, you know, trying to bounce back from COVID and they're open and stuff it's like that. There. But I really think that things are going to be different from now on. You know, well, my take. Well, now with what they have been releasing, they're starting to show that, you know, things are making money. Um, I think Wrath of Man finally hit a million. And I just, yeah. I it just came out. I've already got the Blu-ray. Um, I haven't watched it yet. But, uh, you know, these movies are you know, turning some profit, but even the big ones that they expected, you know, like the Disney Marvel ones, I don't think black widows even broke 500 million yet, you know? And I don't know if it will eventually it'll be free on Disney plus and that that'll be the end of it. Yeah. Like that one. I'm, I'm not spending $30 to watch that. Now I probably will for jungle cruise. See, I'm totally different. I have. I want to see Jungle Cruise. I have zero interest in that movie. I, I don't yeah, see. I, I, I just. I, I've, I've seen all the theme park adaptation films, and you know the pirate stuff is good. Well, that's about pirates it. turned into a whole. Pirates yeah. w- took itself beyond what Disney, the the ride yeah. ever did. So that's yeah, and they and then they flip flopped and put put it back in the rides. They did. Um, you know, but um. You know, like Haunted Mansion, horrible. Speaking of Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Thanks, you know, Eddie, not, and your Disney contract. Not good. Uh, but Jungle Cruise, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Jungle Cruise. I mean, it's funny. Hey, I've Ray got Johnson. That'll be awesome. I've got you know. IMD pulled up, and there's a huge back wallpaper for Jungle Cruise. I'm staring at it right now. Oh, yeah. They're not going to mess around with Dwayne Johnson. They're going to promote that movie. So... But speaking of movies, I guess we should get to the I one think we should get back to the one we picked here. <laughs> we have digressed way off there just talking about movie ratings. Yeah, well, that's all right, though. That's that's the fun of this. Um, so Beverly Hills Cop dropped December 9, 1984, with an estimated budget of $14 million. Did this movie make money? Yes, it did, folks. The opening weekend in the U.S. and Canada brought in over $15 million. So they made their money back weekend one uh the gross in the u.s and canada 234 million 760 478 gross worldwide 316 360 478 that's 316 million dollars oh, worldwide yeah. even if you have 14 million dollar budget even if you fact in marketing budgets and everything else this thing made just under 300 million dollars absolutely i mean a hair a huge under. huge hit for paramount uh simpson bruckheimer eddie murphy productions you know um you know you know what are you gonna do you know it's it's this is why i i i believe this movie is why we got a lot of the other ones later on down the road like we said oh i agree know? you know this, easily this, this showed everyone dollar signs this was oh these can actually make money if we put a little bit of production into it and not and i'm not going to dog on the the movies of the 70s but they were a lot 
less budgets involved with, you know, what we consider the action movies of the seventies, mm-hmm. you know, with the Bronsons, mm-hmm. the Eastwood stuff like that. They did a lot sure. with not a lot of money. This was like the eighties was the beginning yeah. of throw money at it. We'll make more, you know, the summer blockbusters had just been invented by, you know, Steven Spielberg. That phrase had mm-hmm. never been uttered until Jaws. And Eddie Mur, I have to say, this is probably the absolute first big blockbuster R-rated action movie. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, and they they brought in some heavy hitters for this too. I mean, uh, you know, of course, Murphy and and John Ashton and Judge Reinhold, who was big at the time. You know, had 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 his name out there. Oh Paul yeah, Riser had had his name out some. Um, Ronnie Cox, obviously, you know, we know him from RoboCop. Oh yeah. Uh, Stephen Burkhoff as Maitland came in there, Jonathan Bank. I mean, there were some there were some actors in this that had some legitimate chops. They didn't just go out and get Joe Schmo and and Street Tough Number Four to come in and do this film. You know, they brought in people to actually that could act. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. so that really I think made a difference too. It wasn't just a bang bang blow up cop movie they had actors in this movie so i mean again i mean you know eastwood can act bronson can act and you know for bronson for what he does yeah eastwood more so i i would think i would say but uh, you know but like you're saying though you know threw money at this those 70s movies too the technology had progressed so you could get more for more money in the eighties. I mean, it was the eighties. Everything was all about money. You know that, that, that brings up a little, since you said technology that, that keyed me into something I was reading on it. Yeah. You know, when they track, um, Rosewood and uh, Taggart's car later yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That technology didn't exist when this movie came <laughs> out, that was made up for the oh, movie. Yeah. And it's kind of like the first time we see GPS being used. Yeah. You know, exactly. And no one really questions it. And the first time you saw a cell phone used in the movies was lethal weapon. Yeah. The big, the big brick, the big brick. Um, And it was still really close to what the military, you know, the big pack phones, which, you know, people had seen it, but now there's this smaller compact, you know the sillier version exactly yeah. show them a phone now they'd lose their flipping mind back then oh of, of course it would know, be star trek that, level that's what it would be it would be well that's what they are supercomputers yeah you know as we as we record this now i have you on a supercomputer and one i'm recording in another one we're going to put it up on the, the for the world to listen to i mean it's, it's we just, have more ram than nasa did sitting in front of us right now each. we have more ram than tron it's a lot of and ram that is a lot of ram um, it, it makes sense though, that the police out there would have technology like that, that Detroit didn't, because, um, just from my personal experience, fire and EMS, all the big breakthroughs in that industry yeah. always take place out West or well, near, yeah, the bigger budgets uh, and then work their way, work their way across to the East. You know, yeah. it's, you know, the first time you saw jaws of life, the first time you saw paramedics were mm-hmm. out in California, you know, so um it, so it, it 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 makes sense that their police department would be would be 
a lot more sophisticated than Detroit's. No, and I, Detroit's a dirty, you know, and they, and they town. did that on purpose too. They literally sure. wanted to show the dirty, the dingy, the, the rundown Detroit side of things just to elevate the California Beverly Hills. They do that in this movie and it's all on purpose. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of the actors, the one actor in here that I'm probably most impressed with is Gilbert R. R. Hill, the Inspector Todd. <laughs> yeah, I tried to cut some audio from him, but I wasn't going to sit here and cut 10 uses of the F word within a minute and a half. I think he drops almost as many F bombs as it's in Die Hard in one like three minute dialogue than you know the entire yeah. movie of Die Hard. But the reason why I say that is he was an actual Detroit detective and later chief of police of Detroit. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. literally was the character he was playing. Although he's he's been known to say jokingly that the character in the movie cusses a lot more than he ever did in real life. And I'm like, sure. okay, I can see that. But I just I love the fact that this was a legit detective slash police chief of detroit playing that character i love it, was, it so much it, it was our arlie ermy yeah playing a drill sergeant before arlie ermy can you a drill do sergeant? drill sergeant yeah. um yeah because i was one can you do yeah. uh chief of police yeah can you chew someone out oh yeah i can oh yeah no problem yeah yeah uh so that's actually you know that's, that's a good point and, and that's one of those little tidbits that a lot of people don't know uh, but super interesting, you know, that, yeah, he went in there and he, he went, he went hard on Axel <laughs> and, you know, really the template for the, um, police chief yelling, screaming, losing he his is, mind. He is the birth character. of that. He is, he's that, he's that archetype. He's yeah. the reason they make fun of it in, um, last action hero. Yes. When they have the chief and he's like all the steams coming out of his ears, you're waiting yep. for inspector yep. Todd's ears to start steaming. But you had to have that for Ronnie Cox's character, Lieutenant Bogomil. You needed that, that yin and yang of how they run things in their departments. And I'm sorry, I I know this was first. And they even said that uh, people liked Ronnie Cox because he was always a very mild mannered type character actor. Mm -hmm. And then I... I obviously saw RoboCop way before I ever saw Beverly Hills Cop for obvious reasons. Um, I've always known him as the main bad guy from RoboCop. Um, and then I watch him on this and I'm like, I had to kill Bob Morton because he made him. A st- oh, wait, that's the wrong movie. That's the wrong movie. <laughs> it's not this one. It's like, do you want to press charges against this man? You know, that that's totally different, you know, character. You know, I love it. And I think Ronnie Cox nailed it in this. Yeah, he did a really good job on this. So for those of you that have not seen Beverly Hills Cop, I don't know why you're listening to our podcast, first of all, but that's true. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's about um, a, a quick witted street cop from Detroit who a childhood friend gets killed in Detroit and he tries to track down his murderer and what happened. And in the process, that takes him to Beverly Hills, California. Uh, meets him up with an old friend that, you know, they all knew named Jenny and uh, brings him face to face with Victor Maitland, who was a respected uh, art dealer out there who ended up being a drug dealer. In a, in a the big, main you know, protagonist of the movie. 
Yeah, and he sold Coke because this was in the 80s. So, Coke everywhere. <laughs> the only thing this one's missing is grenades. Exactly. Uh, I don't think there's any. Yeah. There's no grenades. Not like Lethal no, there's, Weapon. There's, there's grenades in the second one. There are grenades in the second one. There's a yes. lot more weapons. There's a rocket this. launcher in the second one. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, he goes out there and he ends up uh, meeting uh, uh, Taggart and Rosewood, mm-hmm. two Beverly Hills cops, and uh, ends up befriending them. And they figure out what's going on, beat the bad guy, become heroes, yeah. and, and, and you know, yada, yada, yada. So uh i'll go ahead and play the trailer for you it is it's like a two and a half minute trailer it's, i it felt like a long trailer to me listening to it still a good 80s Most trailer though i mean oh no it's a great 80s trailer but it just seems it just seemed like a long one for some reason well this was also i know we've talked about this already but there wasn't like five different trailers for movies they put the money into a trailer and if there was a different version it was because the networks would cut it to be smaller yeah but we yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. get this teaser one before the trailer teaser two before the trailer now you get trailer Trailer one trailer one trailer trailer, two trailer trailer. yeah i I love trailers but movie comes out you've seen it damn you're right so let's do the (laughs) one trailer for beverly hills cop eddie murphy is a detroit cop vacation in Beverly Hills. I just got off the phone with an Inspector Todd in Detroit. He says if you're out here investigating the Tandino murder, you needn't bother coming back. I don't want to take it anymore. I... For a man who claims to be on vacation, you look a lot like you're on a stakeout. Stakeout? No, no. I'm picnicking. This is like a picnic area. I have to ask you some questions about Michael Tandino. <laughs> I've never been to a cell that had a phone in it. Can I stay for a while because I ordered some pizza? We have six witnesses that say you broke in and started tearing up the place, then jumped out the window. May I help you? Yeah. I'm looking for Victor Maitland. I have nothing to say to you. How you doing? You guys don't know nothing about nothing, do you? You just got your badges and your guns and you're on the job, right? Make sure we get the right drinks because my drink club sold out. Throw up. You know, this is the cleanest and nicest police car I've ever been in in my life. This thing's nice in my apartment. I just bet you are the pride of your department in Detroit. <laughs> Seems painfully obvious you haven't the slightest idea who you're dealing with. I don't know what y'all think I am, killing some kind of food. Hurry up, quicker! Crawl back to your little stone in Detroit before you get Tell you what, that trailer had a lot of machine guns in it. 
There's a lot of machine gun sounds in it, but <laughs> there's definitely not as many machine guns in this one as there is in the sequel. No. Well, in the sequel, it ends up being a war zone. Well, and really, uh, the machine guns only show up at, like, the climax at the end. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The majority of this is just revolvers and a shotgun or two. I kind of... You know what? I miss I miss those movies where, you know, the 9mm was... Or the 45 even... It, it, that was... That was the slick gun, everyone. And then you wanted the heavy artillery, they brought up the shotgun. You know, like, Taggart brings out the shotgun in this yeah. at the end because he's like... He's that old school cop. He's like, I'll bring out the shotgun. And well, I, there got I even like that uh, they do the whole scene at the end there where Rosewood's shooting and he has to reload and he literally pulls the bullets out of his jacket pocket, puts yeah. them on the ground, dumps out his in the revolver and, you know, is loading as he's talking to Taggart the whole time. I was kind of, yeah, I was watching yeah. that last night and I was going, that's actually kind of cool to see. And he's just, you know, just keeps talking as he's loading one bullet up at it. It wasn't even a speed loader. It was one bullet yeah. at a time. Yeah. And you, you watch that and you just go, and you, they had the, uh, they didn't even have the shoulder holsters either. They had the little belt holster. Yeah. It was you the know. separate belt holster too. Did you notice it was always in yep. that leather holster, but it came out of the inside waistbands. Um, yeah. There's a couple shots uh, of that throughout the, the thing, uh, except yeah, for Foley. It, it, he kept his just like in his waistband. Talked in his waistband. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was the hot shot. He was the cool street. Well, guy. he was out of he uniform. He was, you know, on vacation, supposedly. <laughs> I'm on vacation. Um, yeah. So, you know, he, he was definitely the cool the cool kid on the block. There's no doubt about that. And and I think that that, you know, the dichotomy of him, the streetwise cool dude and the old, you know, police, you know, police officer and Taggart. And then the younger, but real kind of naive oh, partner yeah. in Rosewood that really worked well together. And, um, you, you, know, you know, like 90% of their dialogue and stuff was, uh, ad libbed throughout this movie yeah for murphy yeah, I did, and I reinhold and taggart it, it, to to just think about that, that like most of that was not written that was just a lot of off the cuff there there is a scene uh, we didn't do a clip of this one but it's called the super cop scene and <laughs> murphy's trying yeah. to explain everything that happened at the strip club and taggart is like gripping his face and when you see it in the movie, he's like, it looks like he's ashamed and he can't look the uh, mill in the face. No, he's stifling, laughing out hysterically because everyone, they said even the director would bust out laughing when Eddie Murphy would just go on a, a rant. And he's, that's the cut they use too. that whole thing that Eddie Murphy's spitting out. Taggart's trying not to laugh. And Reinhold, you can even watch him look at Taggart because he's waiting for him to break so he can break and yeah. it's 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 hilarious to see that it's the easiest job the director is it martin is it breast i said ESD? breast because there's a lot of breasts in this movie too oh, yeah, there is martin breast or breast but it's probably the easiest paycheck he ever you know picked up because you know the director of photography probably did most of the the shot set up. Mm -hmm. He basically just went, all right, Eddie, go be Eddie. Go. And according to, <laughs> you know, 
a lot of the cast and stuff. This movie wasn't without its hiccups and problems. Um, Speaking of hiccups, yeah, no kidding. That came out of nowhere. That's good that time. Timed. Is that Foley work? Are you doing Foley work? I'm doing Foley work. This is all ad lib, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, yes, um, this actually is. And actually, even to the point of a lot of this wasn't even shot in Beverly Hills. It was shot outside oh, no. because yeah. of the restrictions they had. Um, they had to pretty up the police station for Beverly Hills because it actually didn't look that nice out there. Um, <laughs> the set department actually had to rework, do some painting and plant, uh, plant, uh, plant plants, um, put some plant the trees, the, the top tropical looking trees, and stuff, everything yeah. around the uh, police station. When they pull Foley up to it, all yeah, that, most of this is filmed like in Santa Monica. Yeah. It was outside in Santa Monica where they could just, they could film like, beyond like in the night because there's quite a few night scenes in this um still it still came out great you know this is where comedians could be more than just a comedian they could be an action star and i know we were just talking about but this was also like if you were in saturday night live that was just a stepping stone into hollywood a, a lot of the, a lot of it was back then. Yeah, that was the eighties. That's if you did Saturday Night Live, you're more than likely going to be a big star in Hollywood. Yes, absolutely. Now, here's a uh, speaking of locations and Saturday Night Live and such. I'll, I'll I'll give you a connector here. The Beverly Palms Hotel, the inside and outside of the Beverly Hills Palm Palm Hotel, you have seen the inside of the Beverly Palms hotel before in oh. another movie. Oh yeah. Because it was the Biltmore hotel in LA. Where have you seen the interior of the Biltmore before? You're probably going to tell me it's like ghostbusters or something, but I, you're it nodding your head, right? Yeah. So I was, I, yeah. I was like, that's the only thing I could think yep. of. It was inside of like a big grand you know, hotel. Yeah, so the inside of the Sedgwick mm-hmm. was the Biltmore, the Biltmore Hotel as well. Yeah, I had a feeling uh, that's probably was, why it caught which, your eye. It's like, ooh, Ghostbusters yeah, and Saturday yeah, Night Live. <laughs> hey, I know that one. Um, so yeah, and, and, you know what? Another thing I'll talk about: uh, just the differences and and movies then and now. Back then, a lot of these movies were shot on location. Now, yeah. it may not have been Beverly Hills. It may have been Pasadena. It may have been Santa Monica. It may have been L.A., whatever. But, like, it's still close on location. Detroit was in Detroit. Yeah. You know, uh, you don't have all this green screen and all this uh, soundstage work anymore like you did back then. Whether it's good or bad yeah. is, is for another debate, another episode. But... The soundstage stuff. The soundstage stuff was more for if you had a shot that was inaccessible, say like space, or yeah. you yeah, know yeah, yeah. some far off desert land that is just like yep. yeah we can't do that. Uh, the funny thing you're talking about is filming on location is when they filmed in Detroit, they had a police escort. Well, certain yeah, areas, certain areas <laughs> they filmed, cops said nope, we're not going there. So if you go, you're on your own. And they continued on because that's how bad of areas they were filming in Detroit. The cops escort went, no. Well, that's why Detroit ended up having to get RoboCop. See, there we go. And that's that's why Vogamilk got promoted at uh, OCP, OCP and became Jones. <laughs> we're morons. I was still waiting for him to get thrown out the window at the end of this movie. I was so confused. 
<laughs> yeah, what the hell is yeah. going on here? Um, so, you know, when he goes, of course, when he goes to Hollywood, when he goes to Beverly Hills, uh, he goes to see his old buddy, Jenny, who had gotten uh, his buddy, Michael, who got killed the job. She's a big fan. She runs a big fancy art gallery now that Maitland owns. Yeah. And that's good and fine and dandy. But the real Jim is Serge. Oh, the scene stealer known as Serge. <laughs> it, that's Serge, it. what he is. Uh, Serge is played by Bronson Pinchow. For all of you that are my age, know him <laughs> as Balky Bartakamus. From Perfect Cousin Balky from Perfect Strangers. Yeah, exactly. So here is him. I, and I would say that's why he got that part is because of Serge. Actually. He, he uses that weird, you can't tell where he's from. A little bit of trivia on that is. Accent. It is how he got that. And where he goes, don't be stupid in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's how he started going. Don't be ridiculous. For the TGIF, they yeah. they were like, it's a little harsh to just always be him saying, don't be stupid. So he changed it to don't be. That's why it's his catchphrase. It went yeah. from this movie and he changed it up just enough. He actually is also one of the reasons why production um, sped up because this movie had kind of slowed down uh, after Stallone left uh-huh. and he was going to go to another he had to go start another job if they didn't start production. This this was his first movie, but he he has said in interviews that he went to the producers and went, look, if this doesn't start soon, I got to leave. And it wasn't like a few days later that production starts. So it's like, yeah. thank you, Serge. Thank you. Speaking, and we'll go back to Serge in just a second, but speaking of um, very, very, very early on film careers, the fruit vendor... <laughs> at the Beverly Palms Hotel is one Damon Wayans. I so love that. It's still and, so surreal know, to see him. Yeah. He's like, uh, I just need some bananas. Here, take these. Yeah. You just <laughs> don't tell anybody. You just go ahead and take these. Uh, exactly. Oh he looks so God. he looks uncomfortable. after he does this does that and he walks away, he just stands there and he looks so awkward at the end of the scene. And he has can't. weird hair. Yeah, he was uh, playing a weird character speaking of a character that looks weird with hair i know we're just going to kind of bounce all over the place that's all right yeah jonathan banks who plays zach he's kind of like the henchman for um yes yes uh he looks like a foot now maitland yeah he looks like he looks looks so weird with hair watching this movie i'm like this guy's been bald for the last 20 years because he did breaking bad um you better call Saul. All those that that whole line of shows that came out, uh, yeah. and he's he's kind of always had this like badass about him in this look, and you see him in this movie, obviously younger, curlyish hair, and he just looks so weird. He is he's probably one of my favorite. I don't want to say henchman because he's not quite a henchy. Um, but he's not the big bad. He's, he's, you know, Lieutenant. I don't know if I, I know Maitland is the big bad, but this but guy Zach is, he's one of my absolute favorite bad guys. When he kills from this, this era, when this he genre. kills Mikey is the most cold hearted thing. I think I've seen in some movies. 
where he's like buddying up with him going, you know, the, you know, Mikey's apologizing and he's like, it's never going to happen yeah. again. And he's all like, no, it's okay. Look, just don't let it happen. You know, he's really like, he's got his arm around him the whole yeah. time and still pops him. and throws him to the ground, grabs him by the hair, pulls his head back and puts a bullet in the back of his head. Oh yeah. It is the coldest, most Very vicious kind of execution. Yeah. Um, it's insane. And, but I, I've seen this guy and other stuff and I, it still just kind of hits me weird where I'm like, that's the badass dude from breaking bad, but he's got like, curly to, hair to me, this. him and, um, uh, Kirkwood Smith's character from RoboCop. Uh, him. And I'm going to add one more Michael Ironside There's, and Michael, uh, yeah, but where was he with the bad guy? Which one are you talking about? Total recall. Oh yeah. 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 Total recall. Yeah. So those are three three characters that aren't they're not henchies, but they're not the big bad. But they almost but those are big bad. They almost steal the scene from the big bad. Look, Kurt Wood it's Smith like Dark was, Man. Yeah. You know, you know that that you're hundred percent so, right on that. It's sometimes that the henchman or the lieutenant overshadows um Mr. Joshua in Lethal Weapon. Oh yeah. Lethal weapon completely yeah, sure. overshadowed the general. You know, sure. it, it's just kind of how those characters end up being done. It is. All right, back now to surge. Back to our back to surge. Back to surge. I'll play. I'll, I'll play the two surge clips that he uh, again stole. The, there's one clip on here. I wish I would have had when Axel first meets him. And he's looking at the uh, the art, and he was, you know, he's looking at this ridiculous piece of art, and he was like get out of here he's like no i cannot no i am i cannot get out of here no no i can't it's just back and forth and it is hilarious yeah it's really really good so i'll play the two clips here we have of surge and they're gonna i'm gonna play them back to back here we go only run and tell me summers that uh, mr ahmed folly is here to see axel folly axel ahmed ahwell axel folly is here to see her is all the queens you want a bit of lemon twist? Uh, uh, yeah, sure, if it's no bother. No, don't be stupid. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if, if you've never seen this movie and don't want to for some re- reason or whatever, just, just look up the Surge bits. YouTube that. The, he's the only decent thing in the third movie. True. No, I, I won't argue with that at all. We, we both he agree the- about Beverly Hills Cop 3. That's it. Um, he's the only decent thing. He's he's the arms dealer in the he's he's a salesperson selling this boombox Zerg type weapon. It's so weird. Right? It, yeah. It's a boombox that shoots a net and a rocket launcher and a machine gun. He turns into Q. And, yeah, <laughs> and he, he's he's selling this thing at a gun show that he runs into Axel and stuff, and it's just a it's really good but the rest of the movie's hot garbage on a plate and and it's not like (laughs) this was like written this way from what i understand him and the other guy the guy that has his shirt kind of halfway unbuttoned that he gives gives a bunch of shit about um they were both supposed to have equal amounts of lines but they loved what bronson was doing so much they cut the other dude's lines down (laughs) to just going and getting uh the girl and gave it all to Bronson and put kept the camera on him the whole time. How and, bad do you uh, have to feel to be the other guy where you're like, I had lines. Nah, yeah, nah. We're going with Surge on all of this. You're out. What the son of a 
<laughs> and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Bronson's now a interior designer and home remodeler. I did see he's doing something on one of those like HGTV yeah. shows or yeah. something. I've always liked the guy. I know not all his movies have been. There was one where he's like a psychic medium. Hey, First Sight. I liked First Sight. It was him and John Lithgow. That's what it was. Uh, you it's know, I'll be fair. I haven't seen it probably since it came out on VHS. It might be worth no, another sit down. It's garbage, <laughs> but uh, but it's one of those garbage. It's it's one of those garbage nostalgia things. If if it was on, I'd go. Yeah, I'll watch this. Yeah, this uh, is I I quote Perfect Strangers constantly. <laughs> you know, it's what we grew up with. And, you know, it, yeah. it's straight up just as pure nostalgia. You know, put it just hook it to my veins. Nostalgia, yeah, really, it is. All right, let's uh, let's let's take a break here real quick. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to place, uh, our, our theme song and then some commercials and then our theme song and we'll be back. Hey everyone, me again. I just wanted to let you know real quick that I also co-host another podcast, a weekly podcast called the NOCA news network. I'm Ricky. I also co-host the NOCA News Network podcast with you, Dan. I know. You snuck in here on this one, didn't you? Yes, I did. Everyone, we appreciate everybody listening to Give Me Back My Action Movies, obviously. But if you'd like to listen to news that no one cares about, then check us out at NOCA News Network. Ricky, where can they find us? We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Music We're or, or iTunes Podcasts, however that Whatever works. it's called. However that works. And you can check us out on Facebook as well. And you can always email us over at newsroom at nokanews.com. And uh, check us out over there. We're having that's, a good time, Ricky. That's true. We're posting the podcast to our YouTube channel, too. So if you'd rather watch it that way, it's over there. Just search Noka News Network. And, and enjoy the news that no one cares about. It's a good time. I promise. Mm. All right, everyone, welcome back to Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. Yes. You, you, you know what it is. You're still, you're the one that turned it on. You're still listening to it. You know what it is. It's called branding. We have to keep saying the name. That's how branding works. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought branding, you just got the iron real hot, then you. Stuck it against the I, side of the couch. I tried that, but they don't, they quit listening once you do that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So Beverly Hills Cop, Charlie, I'm going to play a, a clip here real quick. Go ahead. And this is after uh, Axel goes to try to talk to Victor. The main reason I want to show this clip is it shows a difference between it really it really tries to drive home. Detroit's a rough, tumble, gritty cop town. Mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop. Everyone is pressed uniforms spit polish shoes and such so i'm gonna play this real quick maybe disturbing the piece i got thrown out of a window what's the f- charge for getting pushed out of a moving car huh jaywalking yeah so you get thrown out of the window and like the cops are trying to uh, you know uh ask him what you know like they're arresting him and he was like i got thrown out of the window and again, you know, they're, they're, they're being polite here. We heard this clip once in the trailer, but I'll play this one here. You know, this is the cleanest and nicest police car I've ever been in in my life. This thing's nice in my apartment. 
Now, I mean, they were being nice, but the dude still put his gun directly in Axel's face once the guy goes, gun partner, and pulls the gun out of uh, Foley's waistband. Yeah. Like, that yeah. dude had that pistol like six inches from his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they were still, you know, cops. They didn't play around still. But he was almost but, in uh, handcuffs. Like, they didn't have guns drawn till he was almost in handcuffs and then pulled the... It, and I know they were making a statement obviously about you know right, some things right. but still it was kind of weird but it does it also plays into how axel's going like this is some bullshit yeah, i got thrown right, out right. of the window so when he ends up going to the police station they find out he's a cop and and tagger this is where he meets tagger and rosewood and and those and he's trying to figure out you know he's trying to tell them their side of the story they're they're getting the story from victor maitland and everything else but again this you know it's a buddy cop movie, but it didn't start off as buddy cops. No, no. So this is, this is pre buddy cop. Yes. We're more likely to believe an important local businessman than a foul mouth jerk from out of town. Foul mouth. F*** you, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He said, he, he said, uh, fork you, man. He said, forget you. Oh, yeah. he said, fudge. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of build. It's a really well done build up. The Foley Rosewood Taggart and even, uh, Ronnie Cox, the police chiefs, uh, uh, Bulgamil's character. There's a lot of, there's a really nice build up to that. There is like he, you know, like Foley's antagonizing everyone. Oh yeah. The majority of the movie. And, um, so so I usually watch these the night before, even though I've seen them, Jackie likes to sit down and watch them. And right. for the most part, Anthony's out of school right now. So he can usually sit. And I told Jackie, I was like, this is one I'm not ready for him to sit down and watch. And she's like, why? I said, well, no. it's got prominent nudity in it because they go to a strip club. She goes, okay. I'm like, and I can't fast forward that because it's kind of an important scene that the whole movie kind of hinges on. Yeah. Not the boobs, but everything that happens in the strip club is the ch- is the turning point for the respect they gain for Foley, um, right. because he you Absolutely. know he uh, kind of stops an armed robbery, and Taggart finally you know lets his guard down enough to believe him about it, and you know he was right about all of this, and he kind of realizes okay this guy's legit. He's not just a smart ass. He's not just giving us, you know, a ton of shit. Right. Um, right. And I was like, I, I'm not ready for, you know, he's still just 14. Yes. I understand 14 year old boys have access to everything. <laughs> and his mother did let him watch Freddy versus Jason. And she forgot how many boobs were in it, but I'm still one of those things where I'm like, you know what? This one can wait a year or two. In my opinion, you know, it's let me be good dad for a little while longer. Well, my let me give you my nickel worth of free advice from someone who is raised without that parental conscience. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hold off on weird science too for a little bit. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, he, he he will he will really wonder why Iron Man is running around being a jerk and pouring ices on people. But you know, no, it's and and that's. 
I, yes, I, I understand some people are going to be like, eh, it just doesn't make sense. Kids can see whatever they want. And I'm going to make it make less, e- uh, even less sense when we do Total Recall. I'm going to let him watch Total Recall because I think every 14 year old boy should see Total Recall. Total Recall. See, I was trying to come up with a positive argument. I'm going, well, it's prosthetics, but not all of them. No, two of them were real, but it's just, I think it's because it just, it's, it's, it's a shock moment for if anyone's never seen it, you know what I mean? If you're not expecting it, I I will explain to you the reason I've seen most of these in the theater the first time and you didn't get to necessarily. I can tell you what the exact reason is. It's called my mom. (laughs) (laughs) well yes and this will help concrete my point is i saw total recall in the theater with my mom (laughs) i would have loved to have seen total recall in the theater with my mom i i'll just put that out there yeah my mom and i went and saw total recall in the theater uh together so she knew i was really into sci-fi and stuff and she liked arnold and, and such so we went and saw it but she just like i said to me it was something that was it was yeah you know we just it is what it is you know no I'm a little older than you too you know, yeah so. you know it's it's but, a little um, different but again i mean I, I was i was raised in the bible belt my mom went to church every sunday you were, you were raised in one of the notches on the bible dude it's straight up is the notch um so it, it it really was till i was about 13 or 14 before dad could let me watch those movies and i'll even say dad had some of these on vhs and I'm sure. from the generation of mom and dad worked me. I watched my sister. I stayed home even from like 10 and up, you know, 11, 12. Sure. I watched my sister. I watched a lot of these movies before dad ever realized I was watching the movies until one time I found a VHS and it was only, it was like at a certain part of the movie and I mm-hmm. watched it and I didn't put the VHS back at that part. And dad realized he goes, yeah. So you watched, I, I can't, I wish, I think it was the first uh, Conan because there's boobs okay. in that one. I could watch yes. Destroyer. I, that's why I grew up watching that one so much. But uh, I watched, I think it's better. I watched Barbarian and uh, dad pulled me aside and he's like, so you watch Conan the Barbarian? Uh, <laughs> he goes, it was at a certain part of the tape and you didn't put it back. So kids back in the day, the tape would stop <laughs> wherever you pulled the tape out. Yeah. And at r- video stores, you, there was a slogan called be kind, please rewind because you would rent a movie and it would be all the way at the end of the movie. And you had to wait like three to five minutes for your VCR. Oh man. Rewinding tape. Dude, at the invention of the tape rewinder was the greatest thing since sliced bread when we were kids. I don't know. Unless it ate the tape, which happened. I worked in a blockbuster where we had tape rewinders. You know what? I I liked, I liked rewinding the tape when you were done because it gave you a moment to reflect on the movie. It did. It gave you savor time to really kind of go, wow, space camp was really cool. I, I wish I could go to space camp. That was great. It wasn't like Netflix going, you may also like this. Hey, check out this movie coming out next month. No, you, 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 there was no after credits either. 
So when the credits start to roll, unless the the best you, the the best you got were outtakes like in cannonball run. Yes. You, and you had to know they were there because not everyone stayed and watched them. Uh, Ferris Bueller's day off, I think has in credits and Wayne's world had in credits. Um, but unless they had a really catchy song during the credits, as soon as that first roll started to happen, you hit stop people and you rewound. Or people just bolted out of the theater at that point. Well, and yeah. that's the thing. I was talking more of when you had the VHS. Yeah, yeah, either or. Yeah, yeah. There was, had to be done. something that, that held you yeah. there to watch the credits, you know. Um, but that's, that's just a byproduct of what we grew up with. And I can't even remember what we were talking about a second ago. It doesn't matter. I, <laughs> oh, it's Total it Recall like and Three Boobs and Why Anthony Can't Watch uh, <laughs> uh, there it is. Beverly Hills Cop there right now. That's right. Later, but not right now. No. So Beverly Hills Cop. You know, if you haven't seen it, you definitely need to see it. It is the grandfather to a lot of the other films that you have seen since then, probably. Yes. If you haven't seen it in a while, watch it. Watch the second one, the third one. Not good. Um, I, just not good. I was watching this a couple of years ago before COVID hit, and I was up at Rob's, uh-huh. you know, the, the yeah. wood shop at Rob's. Sure, yeah. I was hanging out there. We had Netflix out there and I'm watching this. And one of the younger kids that we had working for us come in and he's like, what are you watching? I'm like, it's probably the greatest action movie ever. Or it's Beverly Hills cop. I've never heard of that. Who's in it. I'm like, Eddie Murphy, you know who Eddie Murphy is. Right. And he's like, Oh yeah. The guy from, and he lists off some like Disney movie, you know, because Eddie decided to go all Disney on everything. Oh, daddy daycare probably is what he said um and i'm and so he he stands there and watches it for about five minutes and he goes yeah i don't like this and left and i'm like you little piece of crap what the hell did you just say eddie was uh, you know and and eddie even makes fun of this in um the 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 stand-up series raw or uh, yeah raw that we were talking about Mm -hmm. eddie was known as the fu man oh 100 (laughs) percent And you know how hard it was for me to catch myself there and edit myself? No, I, I get but, it. I'm glad you caught that. But no, you're you're right. That, and, you know, he was very raw. If um, not quite the action genre, although there's action in it. If you like Eddie Murphy and like Eddie Murphy's films, please do me a favor. And if you haven't watched this, please, please, please go watch Harlem Nights. Yeah. It is amazing. It's an amazing film. Um, and Eddie's in it. Richard Pryor's in it. Red Fox is in it. Della Reese is in it. It is. It's, um, it's the uh, greats. I mean, it's. It, it's fantastic. Yes. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's also kind of surreal. Hall. It's a little surreal, too, that even Eddie is a little dumbfounded by the people he's surrounded by. You know, well, he was, he was, he was filming a movie with his heroes. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. He, uh, uh Danny Aiello's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a fantastic movie. Go watch it. No, I, I, I will, I will back that up hundred percent and also check out Richard Pryor movies. You know, we talking like oh, this yeah. was huge for Eddie Murphy, but stir Rick, crazy, stir crazy. Um, he did a bunch with he Gene did, Wilder. Uh, and if you don't know who Gene Wilder is, he was the original Willy Wonka. Yeah. Kids. No, they're, they were great <laughs> in this stuff. <laughs> Um, uh, see no evil, hear no evil. That's uh, stir movie. crazy, stir crazy, fantastic. Stir crazy has uh, um, um, oh, the dude from uh, Total Recall, Dynamo. 
That's Running Man. Uh, what did I say? Total re- yeah, Running Man. See, you got me on Total Recall now. I'm running sorry. Man. Three boobs were stuck in your mind. That's fine. <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name, but Dynamo. Yeah, that the opera singer. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was in yeah. that. He was in Stir Crazy. So. No, it's, uh, it's good stuff. But yeah. So, okay. So, Beverly Hills Cop. Cool flick. Good flick. You have to see it. It's on the Mount Rushmore. It is. It, it, we'll, we'll just do this real quick. It ends in a giant shootout at Victor Maitland's mansion, as yep. most yep. action movies following started yep. doing. Uh, machine guns everywhere. Taggart and Rosewood jump in. They become badasses towards the end. And Bogomil shows up <laughs> and helps save the day by shooting Victor Maitland at the same time that Eddie Murphy is. And yep. Yep. Eddie gets uh, Bogomil to lie to the the police captain about what actually happened. So yes. you can see that kind of change. <laughs> but actually Beverly Hills, if you think about this, Charlie, let's go back for a second. Yeah. And Beverly Hills cop was pivotal in you and mine's friendship. Yes. Yeah. It very much so because is Bev- because Axel gets shot in the arm during the shootout. Mm-hmm. So, at one time, um, the the police chief shows up, and he's freaking out. And he's like, "What's going on? What's this man doing here?" And Eddie looks at him. He goes, "Bleeding, sir." I can't believe he didn't grab the clip for this. Honestly, I sh- I should have. So let's fast forward to oof, dude. Don't Anthony. make me do math. Anthony's fourteen. Oh, okay, let's flash back to fifteen years ago. It's like oh six or oh seven. When I will crap my way into a job oh, installing windows. Big time you did, sir. And uh, I get there on the job site and the foreman is one Charlie Chase. That's me. And I think after the third day, he's realized, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I'm supposed to go around to a building and knock out some bricks. We could put a new frame in there to put a window in. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of using a hammer, I went and grabbed a mallet because it was closer. Rubber mallet for those that don't Rubber know. Mallet. Uh, bounced it off of the building right back into my face. Yep. As and, I um, was walking through the door of the building. Yeah. So I walk on the sidewalk, spitting blood everywhere. Charlie, the look on his face is like, all right, this idiot's finally leaving at, at this point. He walks over to me. He goes, what are you doing? <laughs> Bleeding, sir. That's you all right? straight up. Go. Yep. I, he goes, use a hammer. I grabbed a hammer instead. And I went back to work. Yep. And uh, that was the third day on the job. And ever since then, I think Charlie realized, well, he's, uh, to quote another action movie, he's ignorant and he's stupid, but he's got guts and guts is enough. So. And later on, he's an idiot, but he's my idiot. So That's that's right. Uh, nope. Also, there's uh, no, um, Dan is not building that up at all. No. That is exactly what happened. That is I I was introduced to him. I gave them, I ran crews. There was multiple crews installing windows. And I put Dan in one with the guy that got him the job and then the buddy he brought. And uh, straight up, that was probably our first true interaction other than, hi, I'm Dan. Yeah, I'm Charlie. I'm in charge of all this. And then a day or two of telling you where to go. So this was probably our longest conversation. And it's straight up. That's what he said. I said, are you, you know, are you okay? He goes, all right. I said, what are you doing? Bleeding, sir. Okay. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, dead, dead on it. So yeah. So Beverly Hills um, Cop is very important to us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, unbeknownst. <laughs> so anyway, let's. Uh, now that we've we've bounced all over Beverly Hills Cop and talked about all, a bunch of things, we're not it. a review show, so it's fine. They're used to no, it. No, absolutely not. I I prefer this this methodology of doing the show. I'll honestly. go all the way back to the opening scene uh, and talk about cigarettes if you want me to, sir. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good ass movie. Um, oh, we should have known it was you, Axel. So let's go ahead and start some of the some of the only predetermined bits that we have, and let's do. Um, well, I don't know if this is Charlie's favorite or not, but it's one he likes. Yeah. Charlie, what is the body count of Beverly Hills Cop? Well, normally this is when I would be like, hold on to your butts. This is insane. Um, mm-hmm. The body count of this movie is seven. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not a whole lot of killing. I read that before I watched it last night. I counted it. Yep. Seven. And, you know, yeah. I always try to find something to kind of elaborate on things. I had one thing and then Dan Dan keyed me in to do something else. So I have something fun after this, but yes. the asterisk to this was when uh, this was still a Stallone movie, Rosewood character was supposed to die halfway through the movie. So mm. very possible this would have been eight. Ooh. 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 Oh, hold on to your seats, MPAA. There are almost eight <laughs> people that died in this movie. Um, Google well, that if you, you know don't know what, what that is, kids. Because, yeah, uh, just like the comic code. So with this being such a short and small body count, let's do something a little different. I don't have music for this, but let's no, do no, the, but we're going to do something else. Let's do the F-bomb count, Charlie. So as we all know, this one is chocked full of the F-bomb. And I even oh, went, yes. I went ahead and wrote down all of them. And I'll say, I'll, I'll save, I'll work my way up. I won't start at the top. I'll work my way up. So we have two uses of bitch. Five uses of Christ and or JC. Mm -hmm. Five uses of dick. Mm. Nine dams. 11 ass and or hole. All this is straight up how it's written on IMDb and it's great. Um, this is the episode that fi- this is the episode your mom will finally listen to. Oh, I guarantee. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll. There's something else about that too. Uh, eleven uses of hell. Oh wow! wow. Forty three shits. You know that's a lot more shits than dicks. It is a lot more shits than dicks, sir. And the grandfather of them all, sixty six f bombs. Now. Not as much as last boy scout, because I kind of did a variation of this on last boy scout because that was just funny. Um, you mentioned my, this will be the episode my mom watches. So we, we talk a lot about how my mom's very, you know, Christian, very, um, mild mannered. She is the epitome of that. Your mom's mom. My mom is mom. Um, me and my dumbass friend thought it would be a good idea to rent, um, from dust till dawn one night. 
and oh, man. watch it while mom was home. Did you get past the Barker? Um, that was about the scene that mom yeah. come out of the kitchen because the beginning is still chalked full, but we kind of, yes, we kind of, I, I was kind of able to play with the volume. I, this was the first time I had watched from dust till dawn. So when Cheech comes running out, yelling P every variation and color and every yeah, yeah. denomination, that's when mom it. poked her head around. You, you get one, you get the second for a penny. And if you can find it anywhere cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, you know, uh, I don't remember when the movie came out, but I had to be like 16 or 17, you know, yeah, cause I was yeah. able to rent it one. So, um, yeah, so that's a funny little thing. This will be the episode my mom's like, I want to hear my baby boy on a yeah. pod. I learned I downloaded this app and <laughs> Charlie, did you say dick five times? No, mom, I was just said they said dick five times. I was only reading off of a script. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally different. Um yeah. So that totally that's mom. my elaborated mom, on I, Mom, I can't believe he's doing this. I told him to stop. It was he Dan's idea. No, mom, you know better than me. You should have heard the clip he wanted to play, Mom. Um, so, no, <laughs> because of the lackluster body count, I had to give us a little something extra. You know, the that's what I do. something extra. Well, let's move from that seg to the, the, the one of the last ones that we do here. Mm-hmm. And that's the the rating system, the Al Leong rating system. And we still haven't come up with a good produced music or or it's getting to the point that this is the produced music it's the alley segment we don't have a song for this that's that's our (laughs) bit (laughs) i'm gonna have to i'm gonna end up having to come up with a song and sing it myself and record it or something and it it, it, but i i'll make sludge do it yeah we gotta do something i'll talk to sludge um, and here you do you want to the people that are not part of the group that listen to this, do we want to tell them some of the news that happened a few weeks ago? Yeah, we, we, we will do that after. Let's do it after the alley on. Yeah. We'll do it as we clean up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. That's good. But I want to make sure we let people know. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're hitting all our housekeeping stuff at the end here. Um, go ahead and yeah, I'll um, go first. I think you went first. first. Yeah. I'm going to pull, I got to pull some notes over here. No, go ahead. Um, Beverly Hills cop. I definitely watched this a lot later on in my action movie repertoire growing up for obvious reasons. Um, Solid movie. This one, I want to say is worthy of a five, but I think we're going to go off what we talked about last time. And I'm going to make it a four and three quarter because I like lethal weapon just a bit more than this and the fact that i kind of like number two either equally or see and that's the weird part there are parts of two i like better but i don't think it elevates it higher than this one if that makes sense you know it sure yeah yeah Yeah. so that makes sense to me i'm gonna say this is kind of short and sweet because usually i ramble this is a four and three quarter al leong movie for me it's really freaking high well, going off the the same premise that we talked about, and, and again tonight about um, putting movies kind of in the same categories with each other: Buddy Cops, Lethal Weapon, uh, you know, uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, 
putting them together side by side, deciding, you know, where you're at, if this one's higher, mm-hmm. this one's lower, whatever. I, and of course, taking in consideration the second one, because like you said, it is really good. It's just a little different. Yeah. Um, I am going to rate this. I think this is going to be my first five. Really? Well, Dan's going to break I, his I, uh, his five threshold. I, 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 I think this is my first five because this is one of the ones that I watch like Charlie watches other ones. You know, I if I'm just f- thumbing through streaming services mm-hmm. and nothing's going on and it's a lazy Sunday and I'm just laying around watching something, and if I see it, I just go, huh, maybe it'll Scott. Click. This you is know, straight up it's, a it's, comfort it's, movie for the both of us. It really it is. It really, really is. It, it, it fits in the same category for me as movies like The Blues Brothers mm-hmm. and Animal House and Ghostbusters. This one has the right amount of comedy for you, for sure. Empire. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's that genre, it's that genre of movies for me, that, that list of movies that if I can only pick five, ten movies to take with me, you know, no, oh, yeah. Put you on a deserted island or a cabin yeah. with one VCR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Beverly Hills Cop with me. I'm, yes. I agree with you 100%. And yeah. that's why I, I just, I don't, I think it's because this one was so much later in my viewing as sure. as how old I sure. was. As a, and this The same reasons I'm holding Anthony back was the same reasons dad held me back from watching sure. this. Because uh-huh. um, I know dad watched all the Beverly Hills cop who wouldn't, it was just an action movie with cops and shootouts. Um, solid. This is, this is a top recommendation from us. This, this is a, this is what this, it may even be in the list, but it could be one of the 100 movies to see before you die. Beverly Hills cop should be on that list if it's not. Yeah. As far as action movies go, you know, as we kind of go through this and break down sub genres, like, you know, sword and board movies and cop movies and army movies yeah. and sci-fi this to me is the top it's it's the top buddy cop movie this one bridged for me this one bridged the cop movies of the eastwood era into what we now know as action movies there is one there's only one other quote unquote buddy cop or cop themed movie for me that ranks as high Mm -hmm. as beverly hills cop um and we will talk about that when we do that movie but there is one more in this sub genre that i'm going to rate a five when we get to it you're going to drive pete insane doing that to him you know yeah well that's that's what's going to happen we're meet up for a beer next week or something there you go but um yeah there's there's one more out there floating around so so four and three quarter and a five that's that's high yeah. recommendations coming from us that we don't matter none of this matters <laughs> that makes a damn bit of difference so all right let's get into some housekeeping charlie go ahead and and uh, um before we do our, our our goodbyes and our thanks and everything uh go ahead and I know you were very excited about this. This, Go ahead and this turned it. a bad week into a Wow, thing. you just hit puberty, didn't you? I did, sir. Hey, <laughs> mister. That's how excited you are about this. I don't even know where. I didn't know my voice could still do that. Um, no, I had a 
bad week a few weeks ago because this was actually a ways back due to technical difficulties if you've been keeping up with us um i've been i follow gerald yeah. gerald akamura we've talked about him on the show he's he's like number two henchy as far as anyone concerned there's al leong then there's gerald and for those who are still like who is gerald he was the golden gun bandolier wearing bad guy in Big Trouble in Little China. He one of two that actually made it to the end of the film. He did him. He and one Mr. Allion. Yes. He has also made an appearance in the show in Hot Shots Part Do. He is the referee yes. that gets his head crushed. Um so he has a Facebook page and unusually it's he runs it himself it's not ran by a social media person and he will share pictures randomly from movie sets well he does this thing where he'll put like five or six pictures out and he'll put caption it above it just trying to get people to interact well everyone takes and just writes out like a funny sentence in the comments and i started noticing no one's reacting to any of the comments so I actually take the picture, put it into a meme generator on my phone, and I overlay some kind of funny thing that pertains to the picture. And then I put it in the comments. Well, after about a week, um, I'm the only one getting reactions from Gerald. Gerald likes every single one of them that I do. And this has been going on for like a month. And then I did one one day and I just kind of went through and I did like six in a row about 30 minutes later, they're all on his Instagram, all the ones I made. And then I get a friend request from Gerald. And two minutes later, I get a Facebook message from Gerald. Hey man, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm sharing this in the group. So if you've not in the group, you can search all this because I, I am geeking like a fanboy. Like I'm talking to Gerald Akamura and <laughs> he's like, I'm loving all this. He goes, you're doing great, man. And he was trying to save one and it deleted. And he goes, Hey, I accidentally deleted one. You did. Can you fix it? You know, put it back out there. I put it back out there. And, um, he even commented on the post in the page that I was sharing and geeking out with everyone, but because we're friends now on Facebook, he saw it and he's like, yeah, that's great. This is awesome stuff, man. Thanks. And I was like, I, I was cloud nine that day, man cloud nine yeah he's actually in the the facebook group correct he is uh not and he hasn't actually clicked the join but he can uh-huh. see everything it's that new facebook thing they're doing right okay, they don't okay, even okay, have to you. send a request and they can post in the group um but i'm like one step away from ali Ong now and i don't want to <laughs> take anything away from gerald because he's an awesome guy and i do love yeah, his movies yeah. but i'm one step away from Aliong. Well, I you know, it, it's it's really cool when you get to um you know, when you get to meet people or or talk yeah, interact to people, with interact with people yeah. like that. That's really cool that you know, you appreciate the work they've done and just for a, a small snippet of something they appreciate that you put the effort into. That's yeah. really, always been really cool. And you, you know, know, I'm doing it because I'm a fan. I'm not like getting paid to do it. it, it I'm sure, taking right. my time cause I, I enjoy it. And for him to just that little thing of, I see you, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Right. Keep it up. And you know, sh- and then resharing what I've done. 
it's sometimes it's just the smallest gesture. Like when we That's when we met Bruce takes. Campbell, yeah, he, he was pushing people through real quick, but he took the extra second just to cut jokes, and it was just like, you know, that meant the world. It really know, did to, to just get an actual interaction with Bruce Campbell, and it didn't feel canned. It wasn't like, oh, hey, thanks no. for coming. Here's a book. Boom. Hey, thanks for coming here. You know, it was legit. You bring so that up. We should things like that. We should tell everyone our little. Uh, connection at that bruce campbell show we only recently found out about our yeah. buddy pete was at that signing too right yeah right we yeah i didn't yeah. we didn't know each other at the time this was years no. ago and the uh, pete had shared something about bruce campbell and i was like yeah we went to me and dan went to a book signing in columbus and pete's like wait was it here like yeah was it this time of year yeah actually he's like were you that giant asshole standing in front of me where I couldn't see Bruce? I'm like, maybe I'm six yeah. freaking four. Yeah. yeah no, he's like, no, I'm, I'm messing with you. But he was like, no, I was at that signing. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. That, that, yeah, that was really, I, I, I dug I know, that. It's, it's cool. Another like little shout out of love to Pete. There you go, Petey. All right, bud. Well, that's some of the big news. We do have things um, in the works that we're excited about um yeah a few things actually so uh, a few a few things as soon as we hit rec- stop hitting record here i'm actually going to uh, throw something out at charlie that i was thinking about okay uh so that's just kind of how we work and but a couple of them will probably be announced fairly soon that's yes. that's how concrete yes. two of these are and yes. there's a new one marinating that will more than likely take off yeah yeah and then i got a surprise one for you so uh let's let's get ready to to do our thanks but when we do that i like to have music in the background so of course there's only one song sir yes there is only one song that i can play right now and i'm kind of there it is there it is nice nice and easy fade in Good stuff right oh there. God, I love that song. The Axel so, Foley song. Yeah, Axel F. There's a lot of people that have heard this song and have no idea what it's from. No. <laughs> and this is the Axel yeah, Foley song. It, it, it's, it's not from Family Guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about off, that. <laughs> let's start off thinking uh, Sludgecast, of course. Let's go ahead and thank Good Beer, Bad Movie, Night, Night with pete over there um they just put out their attack of the 50 foot woman episode their 50th episode 50th episode pretty recently so uh so check them out check out sludge and their stuff as well you can find them at uh, on the facebook pages and listen to their podcast charlie you just did a you just did a spot didn't you i did uh i have recorded on the jacked up movie review show with uh cameron sullivan um he has pretty awesome show a lot of guests it's kind of like a round table type uh discussion with multiple people uh i think this one i was on i was with um jonathan mark from action elite he runs a website uh similar to our friends that do the uh action movie club um ultimate action, ultimate movie, action movie so we've done linda hamilton and this week we just did all of the movies by um and the name just freaking left me right now. 
but the guy that did Fifth Element and um, wow, my brain just went numb. Well, it's late at this point, so it is. So the guy that directed all of the that that movie and Valerian, um, Luke uh, Luke Besson, Luke Besson, that's Luke his Besson. Name. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we just did a episode about that. Those uh, asked Cameron the other day. He said they usually they, these will probably drop around fall because okay. he he records months in advance just so he can make right, sure he right, has right. enough you know people interacting. Um, so. We'll have those coming out. Cameron's in the group. He shares a lot. He interacts a lot. Um, yep. A great show to listen to called Jacked Up Movie Review Show. So check them out. Also check out uh, Poster Smash Guys. They put stuff in the group all the time. They come up with some funny stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we already said uh, Ultimate Action Movie Club. Let's see. Mountain Empire Comics in Johnson City and Bristol, Tennessee, respectively. Check them out on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And if you want to contact us, you can do it a couple different ways. One, check out Charlie on Instagram. The Give Me Back My Action Movies Instagram. Yep. I update you on there regularly. Can, uh, he, yep, he is. You can email us at gmbmampod at gmail.com. And, of course, the Facebook group. Get on Facebook. Find us. Get in the group. Talk to us. You're actually talking to Charlie. You're actually talking to me. You're actually talking to people who are cooler than me and Charlie, even. And that's uh, that's, that's not an exaggeration. We got that's very true. There's quite a few cool people so, in the group. <laughs> that's you know. And then Pete chimes in. So you know, it's a good time then, for all. And then there's Pete. So everyone, just um, you know, get on there, say hi, check us out. Thanks it's for listening the- to a. It's the age of social media. Like, why yeah. aren't you there? Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't be stupid, you moron. Just get on there. <laughs> so, uh, again, thanks for listening to us this week. Um, let's all pray to the technology gods that this computer doesn't stick its proverbial foot in my We went ass. back to an old program, so we should be fine. We're not trying anything new or breaking any... Except my new mic. So if I sound a little different, yeah, Charlie's yeah, got a new mic. New yeah, we both have new mics. This week, rather. Yeah, we're yep. both on new uh, new mics this episode. So hopefully that'll fix a lot of the sound issues that we've had in the past. Thanks for, uh, uh, you know. Bearing with us. Uh, yeah, barreling through there with us. Um, beyond that, I, I I don't know. I'm, now I'm rambling. You are. It's okay. Charlie, I'm done. I'll be back. I knew you'd say that.